Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another edition of the Better Together Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rosario Picardo. And I'm your other co-host, Callie Picardo. And today we have a special guest, uh, Jerome Van Kuyken, who is a professor at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. And he is uh, a theologian and a practitioner because um, although he's going to be talking about his new book, when I'm looking at his um, CV, I notice something related to Spider-Man and theology, but we'll get to that in, in a second. But the book that he's going to be coming out with through Seedbed is an interesting one. It's The Judas We Never Knew. Jerome, welcome to the Better Together podcast. Thanks for having me. Jerome, tell us what tell us about this book. Why did you write a book about not the Judas who betrayed Jesus, but the Judas who wrote the book of Jude? Right. Well, I figured he wasn't getting enough airtime. And uh, he's really got a, a fascinating backstory and a, a book, a letter of his own. Uh, but oftentimes we we skip over that. The Letter of Jude is right near the end of the New Testament, and so oftentimes we tend to focus on the Gospels and Paul, and then, uh, you know, if we venture back to the back end of the New Testament, we want to see the book of Revelation, right? Check that out. That's all got the fire and fire fireworks there. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, decoding it and all that sort of thing, but Jude is so short. His letter is so short that it doesn't even have chapters. It's only 25 verses long just a little bit longer than the Gettysburg Address, and we tend to skip right over it. But it's got a lot in it when you take time to actually read it and think about it. And Jude himself has an interesting backstory, too, the author. Yeah, I mean, we don't want you to give the book away. Um, We never want our authors to do that because we want people to actually buy your book. But give us like a, a hop, skip, and a jump of Jude and maybe folks that have never heard about it before. I know you make a lot of different pop cultural references and you, you know, kind of relate it to everyday people. Uh, why, why is this important? Who was uh, Jude besides, you know, kind of the, the reader's digest, but yeah, share with us on that. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, Jude or Judas, it's the same word in Greek, the original language of the New Testament, but it just gets turned into English in a couple different ways in the Bible. Jude or Judas is one of the younger brothers of Jesus. And we pick up from the Gospels that during Jesus' ministry on earth, uh, his brothers weren't really keen on what he was doing. They didn't really buy into what he was teaching, preaching. Uh, They were kind of on the fringes. And that created some tension uh, between Jesus and his own uh, family. But after Jesus' resurrection, Jude and Jesus' other brothers, his siblings, 
came to faith in him and became leaders in the early church. And so we have actually a couple of letters from these brothers, from this family circle, the book of James, uh, also near the back of the New Testament, and then also the book or the letter of Jude. So that's his backstory. And he uh, is writing most likely for some Jewish Christians in Palestine, in, in the area of Israel. And so that's a different audience than Paul's audience. Uh, and so again, this is a, a section of early Christianity that has tended to be downplayed and ignored for hundreds and hundreds of years, for most of the church's existence. Jude and his message have tended to be downplayed. And so it's only been recently, since the 1970s, that Bible scholars have really started paying attention to, to the book of Jude again and, and the guy who's behind it, the author. And uh, so I wanted to take advantage of this fresh scholarship that's been done on Jude and bring it down to the popular level, bring it out, out of the academic environment and into ordinary people's lives so that they can hear what uh, is being discovered by these scholars and, and really rediscover this this man and his his book. Jerome, you said it was written to a Jewish Christian audience. You know, Raz and I aren't Jewish Christians. We would be from the Gentile side of things. And I would imagine most of our listeners don't have a whole lot of Jewish background. So uh, can we learn something from Jude? I mean, what 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 should we as Christians today be learning from Jude? Right, yeah. And that's a really good question to ask. Uh, one thing that I would point out is right around the same time that the book of Jude started getting more attention than it ever had before from Bible scholars, that's about the same time period, the 1960s, 1970s, when Messianic Judaism really started taking off. And so I think by revisiting the book of Jude, by rereading it and checking out the life of Jude, uh, it gives us some entry points into connecting with our Messianic Jewish brothers and sisters. Uh, so that would be one takeaway. But the other is the sorts of issues he deals with are ones that really apply to the church in all generations, and no matter what ethnic background they're from, he's dealing with these false teachers, these scam artists who are coming in and offering a kind of a cheap grace view of the gospel that, ah, God loves you, you can do whatever you want. Uh, they're also offering this kind of trippy spirituality with angels and all that. And uh, so these are the sorts of things that. Really, again, the church has faced throughout the generations across continents and denominations and ethnic groups. Uh, so they're really universally practical uh, things that Jude is writing about. I mean, but we don't have any wishy-washy Christianity today. No one times to op tries to offer cheap grace. <laughs> <laughs> Very much joking there, of course, because it would be nice if it was, hey, everything goes, do whatever you want. God loves you no matter what. And the fact is God loves you no matter what. So God wants you to grow in wholeness and holiness. He loves you to love, to, to say, come on in where you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you there too. So I love that 
you've been diving into this book. I mean, what what surprised you? I imagine you'd read the book of Jude before, but digging deeper, was there something that just stuck out to you that you're like, wow, I now really appreciate Judas or Jude and his work here in the book of Jude? Right. Well, writing about him and and writing even a even a book, even though it's a small book, it's it's a quick read. But writing a, a book about him forced me to slow down and pay attention to every detail in these 25 verses. And so one of the things that really stood out to me uh, was that there's there's a positive message there and some imagery that he uses that's related to like the, the temple and priests and holiness and that kind of thing that has some really rich background. And so one of the things that I do in the book is just uh, put myself in Jude's shoes. What would it have been like for him to go to the temple in Jerusalem and visit there? And I did some research on the temple, how big it was. I mean, that thing was six foot football fields wide. It was huge and beautiful. And Jude picks up on this temple imagery in order to describe Christians as being a new temple that God is building. And so some of those sorts of details, the, the imagery that he uses really starts to jump off the page when you when you take the time to visualize what it is he's talking about. That's awesome. What um what else have I mean when you're looking at this book, um what else did you learn maybe that you didn't know before as you were researching it or other insights maybe that you got? Yeah. Uh, well, one of the kind of quirky and interesting things about the book of Jude is that he makes use of some of the popular Jewish literature that's circulating around in his day. Uh, he he uses the book of First Enoch and a little book called The Testament of Moses or The Assumption of Moses. Uh, and in my book, I describe it as being sort of like fan fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for for any you know classic uh, series, TV series, or film series, or or set of books or whatever that we have, there's also fan fiction. Uh, my daughter, for instance, likes to write fan fiction. Uh, on the internet and and publish some of that. And so any any of these uh, important TV and series or or films or books are going to have fan fiction. And the same thing is true with the Old Testament, with the the Jewish scriptures. Uh, You had the the canonical stories, the official authoritative stories of Moses and Joshua and, and the prophecies of the prophets and all that sort of thing. But then you also had uh, the Jewish people who were making stories about, well, what happened in between or before or after or putting a fresh spin on some of these things. Uh, like Testament of Moses is basically beefing up the, the story of, of Moses' death because in Deuteronomy, it's kind of boring. It's anticlimactic. And so they create this, this kind of uh, new and improved version that features this debate between the devil and Michael over Moses' body, those sorts of things. So 
Jude is not necessarily treating these other books, these fan fiction pieces as holy scripture, but they are popular. They're around in the culture of his day. And so he makes use of them just like, and I suggest in my book, this is a model for us of how we can use material from popular culture in order to help make connections and present the gospel. You mentioned Spider-Man. So yeah, I, I've written on how do the Spider-Man movies relate to Christianity? What do they teach us about sin and Jesus and things like that? So that's just an example of me trying to follow in Jude's footsteps. I love that as a way to share faith and to relate to people where they are, because there are a lot of folks that would have never read the book of Jude and might not know that he's even one of the books of the Bible or have ever picked up a Bible. But there are a lot of people in our world, at least in the United States, who know Spider-Man and can connect in there. So I love that analogy, Jerome. Hey, question, since this is the Better Together podcast, what are some things we can learn from Judas's life and the book of Jude that can help us live out our faith better together in community with others sharing the love of Jesus Christ to those around us. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that runs all through this letter is the idea of boundaries or borders. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, keeping borders, keeping those lines clear that need to be kept clear between truth and error, um, between loyalty to Jesus and just being unfaithful to him, between treating other people right and treating them wrongly. So on the one hand, keeping those boundary lines clear, but on the other hand, what Jude says to his readers is, okay, reach across those boundary lines in order to show mercy to those who are doubting, to those who are confused, to those who are messed up by sin in their lives. So there's this interesting dynamic that he's working with here. Okay, keep things clear. This is true. This is right. This is not true. This is not right. But at the same time, show mercy and reach out to those who are on the wrong side of the line in order to draw them in instead of just pushing them away. Yeah. And I think uh, you really hit on that because oftentimes when we don't agree with someone or we feel like they're on a different script, we write them off and that's how polarized our society has become and even the church. And so yeah. You know, it's it's winning people with kindness that brings them to repentance, you know. Well, Jerome, I'm so glad you've written this book. This is a great resource for the church and to help people. We always love people diving in more to God's word. So thank you for helping us dive in a little more into the book of Jude, to this important epistle by the half-brother of Jesus and for showing us what it could mean as we live out our faith today. Thank you for joining us today on the Better Together podcast. How can people get a hold of this book if they want to learn more themselves? Right. Well, it's going to be released officially on June 22nd. Uh, As of right now, you can pre-order it on Amazon, and then it should be available on Seedbed's website, too, once it it releases. Uh, I should mention real quickly that each chapter ends with discussion questions, so it's meant for 
not only personal enrichment, but also Bible study groups, that kind of thing. Uh, and then CPED is going to be releasing a series of teaching videos that I have recorded with them that will go along with the book and kind of give bonus material. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jerome. And to our listeners, be sure to pick up that book, especially if you want to dive more into your biblical knowledge and read up on um, some of these epistles and other um, you know, works that maybe are not commonly known today or not preached on today. So uh, share this podcast with a friend, a family member, a coworker, maybe somebody you go to church with even. And remember, until next time, we are better together. God bless.